President Trump slams Elijah Cummings and Baltimore, Democrats rush to declare racism, and President Obama finally at long last chimes in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Well, whenever you think it's going to be a really slow weekend, President Trump, he's bored. He's sitting around the White House watching some Fox and Friends, just enjoying himself, maybe eating some Cheetos, whatever it is. And then he just starts tweeting. And you know the world is going to explode. And as with nearly every weekend, that's what happened this weekend. So let's just jump right into the news. President Trump decides over the weekend that he needs to watch Fox and Friends. Now, when President Trump watches Fox and Friends, he basically becomes a commenter on a right-wing website or a caller to talk radio meaning he just sort of spouts into the void, right? As as folks online say, Donnie from Queens called. (laughs) And that's what President Trump did. He was watching a segment on Fox and Friends about the shortcomings of Baltimore. And in particular, he was very upset at Representative Elijah Cummings, who is one of the Congress people who is now calling for President Trump's impeachment. And this led President Trump to sound off. Donnie from Queens on the air, quote, Representative Elijah Cummings has been a brutal bully shouting and screaming at the great men and women of Border Patrol about conditions at the southern border, when actually his Baltimore district is far worse and more dangerous. His district is considered the worst in the United States. As proven last week during a congressional tour, the border is clean, efficient, and well-run, just very crowded. Cumming District is a disgusting, rat- and rodent-infested mess. If he spent more time in Baltimore, maybe he could help clean up this very dangerous and filthy place. And then he concluded along these lines, Why is so much money sent to the Elijah Cummings district when it is considered the worst run and most dangerous anywhere in the United States? No human being would want to live there. Where is all this money going? How much is stolen? Investigate this corrupt mess immediately. So the media immediately jump all over this. How could President Trump label Elijah Cummings a bad congressperson? How could President Trump rip into Baltimore as a terrible, terrible place? So they immediately label this racist. A couple of things. First off, when President Trump tweets this kind of stuff, It's not helpful. The reason that it's not helpful generally is not because he's not putting his focus in the right place. It's because he doesn't actually care. I mean, President Trump is not coming up with an inner city policy for Baltimore and then saying, listen, Baltimore has been a failing mess for decades on end. Here is my plan. Why won't Democrats work with me to improve Baltimore? Instead, it's Elijah Cummings is a jerk and his city's terrible. His city's garbage. And you know that's what President Trump is doing because he has now done this with London. He's done this with New York City. He's done this with New Hampshire. He does this over and over. Whenever he sees a politician he doesn't like, he immediately goes to that person's area is bad, right? Their district is bad. He did John Lewis a few years ago. He does this on a fairly regular basis. So is that useful to the American public discourse? No, it's not. But were President Trump's tweets useful to the American public discourse? I think that we would already know that by now. President Trump's tweets come in a few different shades. One is useful, where he's sort of informing you about the economy or where he is saying that certain things are unacceptable in terms of foreign policy. And then there's things that are useful, but overwrought, right? Certain things where he goes over the point, but what he's saying is actually kind of true. Then there is useless, but true. Okay, that one is this one. And then there is just bad, right? Just bad outright. Now, the media have declared that all of Trump's tweet types are the last, that every single tweet that Trump issues is the last kind of tweet. All of them are racist. All of them are bigoted. All of them are sexist. All of them are homophobic. And so this particular tweet in which he is ripping into a specific congressperson for a specific congressperson's failing and that person's district, that is now considered racist. And so the media lose it and they call all of this racist. We'll see that in a second. Well, President Trump then comes back for round two. He was gone. I don't know what was going on. I don't know why the president didn't have a golf game why he didn't have any Shark Week to watch or anything. But the president just kept coming back to Twitter to bang on this drum over and over and over. Again, there's a difference between between useless and bad and racist. 
right? And the media doesn't make any of those distinctions. For President Trump, anything that drops out of his mouth, they immediately determine to be racist. Even what if, if he is saying is, is kind of true. It's kind of true. Here's the thing. Elijah Cummings has been a congressperson in Baltimore for decades at this point. Baltimore has been a terribly governed city for decades. Now, all of that is certainly not on Elijah Cummings. He is a congressperson. He's a federal congressperson. It is not his job to govern the city of Baltimore. It's generally the job of Congress people with regard to their local areas to bring home the bacon, which Cummings actually has done. The problems in Baltimore are locally are local government related. Okay, they've had three mayors in like four years, all of them ousted for one form of corruption or another. With that said, the fact that President Trump is ripping on Cummings and the Democrats with regard to Baltimore, he's on fairly solid ground there. Baltimore is not a well-run city. And if you don't believe me, all you have to do is watch one of the greatest shows in TV history, The Wire. When HBO said it, not racist. When Trump says it, all of a sudden racist. It's more of that in just one second. First, let's talk about keeping your home safe and secure. So listen, there are a lot of folks out there who are not fans of the show, not fans of mine. And that means that I am very, very focused on ensuring that my home is safe and secure on a regular basis. And that's why I use Ring, because Ring's mission is to make neighborhoods safer. You might already know about their smart video doorbells and cameras that protect millions of people everywhere. Ring helps you stay connected to your home anywhere in the world. So if there's a package delivery or a surprise visitor, you'll get an alert and be able to see, hear, and speak to them all from your phone. I love Ring. It is great. I mean, not only is it true that when somebody rings the doorbell, I can see who they are. I can also sound an alarm. I can make sure that my property is protected at all times. If I'm 3,000 miles away, I still know exactly what's going on at my house. The same thing is true for everyone who uses Ring as a subscriber. We got a special offer on a Ring welcome kit. It's available right now at ring.com slash Ben. Again, that's ring.com slash Ben. The kit includes a video doorbell and a Chime Pro, which is just what you need to start building a ring of security around your home today, go to ring.com slash Ben. Again, that is ring.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Ring.com slash Ben. Okay, so President Trump doesn't stop there. He starts getting hit. And that means it's time to double down. It's time to double it down. Let's do this thing. So President Trump then continues along these lines. He says, Elijah Cummings spends all of his time trying to hurt innocent people through oversight. He does nothing for his very poor, very dangerous, and very badly run district. Take a look. Hashtag Blacks for Trump 2020. And then he starts tweeting out videos from a reporter who was being quoted that morning on Fox and Friends named Kimberly Klasick. He tweeted out, Rep Cummings, why don't you focus on your district? Picture of just garbage strewn streets in Baltimore. And then it continues along these lines, right? There's a video and it shows people walking through actual garbage strewn homes in Baltimore. In this way, Baltimore is very much like other failed democratic cities like Detroit. There are large swaths of abandoned houses there are drug houses, there are houses that are falling apart where people are still living in squalor. It really is pretty terrible. It really is pretty terrible. And then President Trump continues with round three. So this continues. And then President Trump just continues. Says, someone please explain to Nancy Pelosi. So Pelosi called Trump a racist now. And Trump says, someone please explain to Nancy Pelosi, who was recently called racist by those in her own party, that there is nothing wrong with bringing out the very obvious fact that Congressman Elijah Cummings has done a very poor job for his district in the city of Baltimore. Just take a look. The facts speak far louder than the words. The Democrats always play the race card when, in fact, they've done so little for our nation's great African-American people. Now, lowest unemployment in U.S. history and only getting better, Elijah Cummings has failed badly. He's not saying anything that's untrue here, guys. He really is not. Okay, you may think that it's racist just because he is talking about a largely black city with a black congressperson, but he would say this about white people. He would, and he has in the past, as I will show you. This is really about President Trump, picked a guy he didn't like, Decided to rip on him, said something true about that guy, said something true about his city. 
And then people reacted by saying, well, just because he's black, you're attacking him. No, he's attacking him because he doesn't like him. And Elijah Cummings happens to be black. And his city happens to be an incredibly poorly run city where people have been suffering for decades from the effect of terrible, terrible governance. This is undeniable. Okay, It is undeniable that Baltimore is a badly run city and that Baltimore suffers from extraordinarily high levels of crime. It suffers from significant poverty. Now, it's pocketed poverty. So you're seeing people quote statistics saying, well, the average income in Baltimore is like $58,000. Yes, that is true. That is also including a lot of the rebuilt areas that are government areas. If you're talking about the worst precincts of Baltimore, which is what people think of when they think of Baltimore, those places are truly horrific, really, really bad. Again, it's not as though this has had no media coverage, as we'll get to. Now, President Trump continues. He says, speaking of failing badly, okay, here's an example of President Trump ripping on a white lady who happens to live in a white district that also happens to be turning into a hellhole, right? President Trump said, speaking of failing badly, has anyone seen what is happening to Nancy Pelosi's district in San Francisco? It's not even recognizable lately. Something must be done before it is too late. The Dems should stop wasting time on the witch hunt hoax and start focusing on our country. Now, again, as I say, do I think that President Trump is actually proposing a policy for San Francisco or Baltimore? No, I think that he is mouthing off because this is what President Trump does. But again, there's a difference between Trump mouthing off and Trump being useful and Trump being a racist. Not all the same thing. As we will see, there are many folks on the Democratic side of the aisle who have said the same sorts of things about Baltimore and even have said the same sorts of things about Elijah Cummings. And nobody has called them racist. The reason being because they're not Trump. The immediate assumption is that whatever Trump says this is the assumption from the left. Whatever Trump says is an effect of his inherent racism. And I'm sorry, but that's just not true. What do you think is a better explanation for President Trump's behavior here? That he hates black folks or that he hates Elijah Cummings and is mouthing off about Elijah Cummings and people he hates he bashes? I mean, I think there's a pretty obvious answer. And if you're not stretching for it, people are. There's an exchange between Chris Wallace and Mick Mulvaney. And last week I praised Chris Wallace when he was talking with Stephen Colbert about the Mueller hearings, but I thought that Chris Wallace handled it completely wrong with Mulvaney. Mulvaney said, you're reading between the lines, and Chris Wallace said, no, I'm just reading the lines. No, you're not. I mean, if you're attributing racism to these comments, as we will see, in any context, it, it is impossible to understand Trump's behavior outside of the context of who President Trump is and the kind of stuff that he does. And we see this fairly routinely. I remember back during the campaign, there was this big blow up over President Trump supposedly mocking a disabled reporter. He was going after a reporter for the New York Times, and he made some hand motions that looked as though he was mocking the reporter's disability, and he kind of made some weird noises with his mouth, and everybody, including me, immediately jumped to the conclusion that the president was, at that point, ripping into him because of his disability, and it was ugly, and it was not pretty. And then there was a video that came out, and it was a compilation of President Trump making fun of people. And as it turns out, he does that weird voice and the weird hand motions whenever he's making fun of somebody that he doesn't like, or at least many times. And yet that myth has sort of persisted about Trump. The fact is, Trump's a jerk, okay? <laughs> I don't know how else to put this. He's a jerk. But being a jerk and being a racist are not necessarily the same thing. Saying a jerky thing and saying a racist thing are certainly not the same thing. And saying a true thing and saying a racist thing are not the same thing either. Okay, so President Trump then continues on this, doubling down on the double down. He says, Elijah Cummings, has had his chance to address it. Crime and conditions in Baltimore for decades, he hasn't gotten it done, quoting Pete Hegseth from Fox and Friends. And then Trump says, how can he get it done when he just wants to use his oversight committee to hurt innocent people and divide our country? Again, this is the part where I say Trump is not being sincere. So you're seeing some Trump defenders today go, well, no, he actually cares about what's happening in Baltimore. He's just trying to raise one. No, he's not. 
He's not. Trump is pissed about how he's handling the oversight committee. Trump is ticked at how he's handling the Mueller investigation. He's ticked at how he's handling the Border Patrol stuff. And so he's ripping on him. There's no broader explanation. There is no 3D upside down underwater hungry, hungry hippos happening here. This is very simple. President Trump doesn't like Cummings. He used the brickbat closest at hand. The brickbat was that Baltimore is a horribly run city with a lot of people living in squalor. And he smacked Cummings with it. That's it. There is no giant race baiting technique for 2020. That's the left's play. That's what they're saying. There is no. President Trump is, is just gaming this whole thing out, and he really cares about what's happening in Baltimore. That's the right's play. No, that's not true either. This is President Trump doing what he always does, mouthing off on Twitter. Again, as it will say on his epitaph, President Trump, 45th president of the United States, he said a lot of bleep. End of story. And then President Trump says another true thing. He says, there is nothing racist in stating plainly what most people already know that Elijah Cummings has done a terrible job for the people of his district and of Baltimore itself. Dems always play the race card when they are unable to win with facts. Shame. Again, I can't argue with this. Okay, Elijah Cummings has been a congressperson for a failing district for decades on end. And then President Trump, of course, turns it up to 11 because if the spinal tap, if the spinal tap speaker only goes up to 10, he's got to find the 11. He says, if racist Elijah Cummings, okay, that came out of nowhere, would focus more on his energy on helping the good people of his district and Baltimore itself, perhaps progress could be made in fixing the mess that he has helped to create over many years of incompetent leadership. His radical oversight is a joke. Again, he keeps going back to this oversight stuff. He keeps going back to, the, uh, which again, demonstrates he doesn't care about what's actually happening in Baltimore so long as he can use it to slam Cummings. Now, again, the slam can be accurate. The tweets can be silly. All of this can be true at once. Many things can be true at once. You experience it in your daily life. You don't have to be into President Trump is just trying to raise awareness of a serious urban issue that has plagued this country. Then where's the plan? Then where's the plan? If you wanted to make this an issue, which, by the way, I think Republicans should make an issue. I think Republicans should make failed city governance by Democrats a massive issue. When Republicans run cities like New York City, they get cleaned up. When Democrats run cities like Los Angeles, they turn into plebe holes. OK, I live here. I know. Okay, they, Republicans should make that a point of governing. They should make that a point of campaigning. That's not what Trump is doing here. And then he says, under the Trump administration, he repeats, African-American unemployment is the lowest, best in the history of the United States. No president has come close to doing this before. I also created successful opportunity zones waiting for Nancy and Elijah to say thank you, Mr. President. Again, this kind of personal petty kind of stuff. Why should Nancy and Elijah say thank you, Mr. President? How about you just did what you were supposed to do for the country, right? Isn't that your job? Okay, then we finally get to the Democratic response. Now, the Democratic response is exactly what you would think. Instead of them saying, you know, Mr. President, I don't see that you have a plan for the inner cities. I don't think you care about that. I think you just don't like Elijah Cummings. Instead, they immediately, th that's a reasonable critique. Instead, what they jump to is racist, racist, brutal, racist. Okay, there's only one problem. There's nothing that he said that is racist. Just because Elijah Cummings is black does not mean that he was criticizing Elijah Cummings because Elijah Cummings is black. If Elijah Cummings were not the head of the oversight committee, would Donald Trump be going after him? I highly doubt it. If Baltimore were largely white, would President Trump be going after it? I think the answer is yes, since he just went after San Francisco in that tweet thread. President Trump, as we will see, has gone after other white areas. Trying to turn everything into a referendum on racism. That's where, so, you know, I say that Trump is playing the politics of convenience when he attacks Cummings over Baltimore. He doesn't like Cummings. Therefore, he says stuff about Baltimore. Democrats claim racism, not because what Trump is doing here is actually racist. They're doing this because what they hope to run on in 2020 is, again, Trump is an evil, terrible, very bad racist. Drive out the black vote in the same way that Barack Obama did in 2012. Hope to win a massive victory in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan by turning out 
particularly minority voters in heavily urban areas, right? That's what they did in 2012. They're hoping to do it again in 2020. It is very obvious what is going on here. Okay, we'll get to more of that in just one second. First, let's talk about how to make your business better. Well, sometimes this involves hiring new people. Sometimes it involves replacing people who are insufficient at their jobs. Not that we've done that ever at Daily Wire, but hiring used to be hard. Not anymore. Now, there is ZipRecruiter.com. When someone makes a mistake here on the Ben Shapiro show, they know they're on the hot seat because ZipRecruiter is waiting in the wings like the grim reaper of jobs, waiting to replace them. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. You can make your business more efficient. You don't have to threaten your own employees the way that I just did. Instead, you can just say, let's hire some new people. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter sends your job posting to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlights the top candidates, so you're never going to miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the very first day. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Go check them out right now. Okay, so Elijah Cummings fires back. He says, Mr. President, I go home to my district daily, right? Because you live in Washington, D.C., so it's like not that far commute. It says, each morning I wake up and I go and I fight for my neighbors. It is my constitutional duty to conduct oversight of the executive branch, but it is my moral duty to fight for my constituents. Just yesterday, I held a hearing on the skyrocketing prices of prescription drugs and the financial hardships that our families across the nation and in Baltimore are facing. Mr. President, we can address this together. Two years ago, I went to the White House to ask you to endorse my bill to let the government negotiate directly for lower drug prices. You told me then that you supported the legislation and that you would work with me to make it happen. I took you at your word. And that is the, okay, so that that response by Cummings is not bad, right? Cummings actually responding appropriately. But that's not how the Democrats responded. Okay, so Cummings responds in responsible fashion. He says, listen, I'm doing my job. You may not like how I do my job, but that is indeed my job. That is how a mature person responds. I mean, Cummings, I got to tell you, I think that Cummings has actually handled himself in many cases on the Oversight Committee with a lot more decency than other Democrats have. I mean, there have been situations where Cummings has actually stepped into the fray and stopped people from attacking, for example, Mark Meadows, with whom he is friends. So I'm not going to smack Cummings for, for, for that response. I think that, that response is fine. I am going to smack the media. Okay, the media are a joke. And so are a lot of these other politicians. So Victor Blackwell on CNN immediately gets very tearful about this whole thing. He rips on President Trump. He suggests that this is all just another incident of President Trump's deep abiding racism. We've seen the president invoke infestation to criticize lawmakers before. You see a pattern here? Donald Trump has tweeted more than 43,000 times. He's insulted thousands of people, many different types of people. But when he tweets about infestation, it's about black and brown people. The president says about Congressman Cummings' district that no human would want to live there. You know who did, Mr. President? I did. People get up and go to work there. They care for their families there. They love their children who pledge allegiance to the flag, just like people who live in districts of congressmen who support you, sir. They are Americans, too. Okay, this is a deliberate misread, deliberate misread of what Trump is saying, obviously. Okay, so he makes a couple of points here. One is that Trump says no human being would want to live there. He's not saying that the people who live there are not human beings, of course. He is saying, why would you want to live in a district that is suffering so much? They, do, they don't deserve what they're getting. That's a, that's a deliberate misread. If I say that nobody wants to live in squalor, nobody wants to live 
in a rat-infested area. Nobody wants to live in bad living conditions. That no human being wants to live there. I'm not saying the people who live there aren't human beings. I'm saying that why would anyone not want better conditions there? Why wouldn't people want better? I mean, that's, that's what he is saying, right? And when, he, when they talk about infestation, okay, let's be very clear when President Trump has used infestation. So he's trying to suggest that infestation only means black and brown people. Trump has not once referred to black or brown people as an infestation. Not once. He has referred to in every tweet. I've read all the tweets he's talking about. He's talking, he has specifically said crime infested or rat infested. He's talked about MS-13. Those are the only folks he's ever talked about as an infestation. And MS-13 are an infestation. MS-13 are a terrorist group. So when he says that he's only talking about black and brown people, black and brown areas, he's specifically talking about rat infested. He used the words rat infested. Okay, and he was using that, specifically reacting to a segment on Fox and Friends that was dealing with rat infestation in Baltimore. So again, you take President Trump out of context and read him in the worst possible light, you're going to come up with the worst possible solution, of course. But when you actually read it in the context in which it was meant, he watches a Fox and Friends segment about Elijah Cummings. And then that segment talks about rat infestation in Baltimore. And then he tweets about Elijah Cummings and rat infestation in Baltimore. It's hard for me to go to. This is obviously him being a racist and talking about infestation because he hates black people. It's, again, that is, that's deliberately missing the story. But that's what the media do these days. So the mayor of Baltimore jumped in also. The mayor of Baltimore, you want to talk about people who have not done their jobs. The mayor of Baltimore would be the guy, right? Elijah Cummings has basically done his job to the extent that he's brought money back to his district. That's what federal Congress people do. They bring the pork home. But the local governance in Baltimore has been a bleep show since forever. Going all the way back to the days of the wire and long before. The mayor, Bernard C. Young, C. Jack Young, tweeted out, it's completely unacceptable for the political leader of our country to denigrate a vibrant American city like Baltimore and to viciously attack U.S. Representative Elijah Cummings, a patriot and a hero. Okay, listen, again, I don't think that it's worthwhile for the president to denigrate Baltimore. I think that that's a foolish move. But what he is saying about Baltimore being a bad place to live for a lot of the people living there is, a, is obviously true. It is obviously true. And it is not racist to point that out. It may be foolish, it may be counterproductive, it may not be worthwhile, but it is not racist. But according to the MSNBC panel, of course, it's racism. Just pure, simple, obvious racism. There's a lot of talk about how this is all part of a grand strategy by the president, and it's really this brilliant, diabolical oh, strategy. No. We are seeming to accept the premise that it's actually useful for him politically to rile up these racial tensions to use white identity politics. He has certainly used them for a long time now, ever since he announced he was running for president. It's not actually clear that this was going to work, especially in... This is just who Donald Trump is. He's just an old racist. And this is how he talks about people. This is what he thinks about people. This is not a grand strategy. He is not playing for five, six-dimensional chess. He's just an old racist who uses social media. But those Republican badly. strategists are endorsing this strategy. That's okay, racist. this is just nonsense. Okay, first of all, Republican strategists are generally not endorsing Trump's tweets. I've yet to meet a Republican strategist in a high position who thinks Trump's tweets are actually good behind closed doors. With that said, is Trump a vicious old racist just tweeting? No, he's just a petty person who is tweeting. <laughs> that is a better read on President Trump. Didn't stop the Democrats, right? Elizabeth Warren comes out and she says, it's racist. It's racist. She tweeted out, Donald Trump's tweets are ugly and racist. Yes, I know you're running for president, Elizabeth. I know you are. I know, Senator Warren, you're running for president. That doesn't mean what you're saying is true. She says, they're purposefully designed to turn us against one another. We cannot let that happen. Instead, we must follow my friend Elijah Cummings' example and keep doing the work for the American people. And then Bernie jumps in, does the same thing. What's really going on? Representative Cummings has been busy revealing the failures of the Trump administration and exposing the greed of Trump's friends in the pharmaceutical industry. And our racist president doesn't like it. Again, apparently it is racist to criticize Baltimore, according to Bernie Sanders. Okay, now 
as it turns out, a few people historically have criticized Baltimore. A few people, like, for example, Bernie Sanders. So let's take Bernie circa 2015. So this would be clip 24. Bernie circa 2015 talking about Baltimore. Is this racist? But anyone who took the walk that we took, we took around this neighborhood would not think you're in a wealthy nation. You would think that you were in a third world country. But today what we're talking about is a community in which half of the people don't have jobs. We're talking about a community in which there are hundreds of buildings that are uninhabitable. We're talking about a community where kids are unable to go to schools that are decent. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, what a racist. What an obvious racist. Okay. So meanwhile, the media, of course, continue along this path. So the CNN has a long report today all about people reacting to President Trump. It's titled, Baltimore stands up for its city after Trump tweets, no human being would want to live there. And then they say the president's tirade was directed at House Oversight Committee Chairman Elijah Cummings, who represents Maryland's 7th Congressional District in the House and recently lambasted conditions at the border. Trump's attack against Cummings was the latest verbal assault against a minority member of Congress who is a frequent critic of the president. OK, again, it's the media who keeps saying that he only does this to minority members of Congress. He has made fun. He called Adam Schiff a pencil neck. Yeah, like, really? He does this routinely. Like a lot. He has nicknames for everyone he doesn't like. And so everybody reacts to all of this, and they react by suggesting that the president is acting racist and his criticism of Baltimore is racist. The Baltimore Sun's editorial board published a response highlighting aspects of the city they felt the president left out. The beauty of Inner Harbor, the history of Fort McHenry, the prominence of Johns Hopkins Hospital, the national dependency on the Social Security Administration, which is housed in Baltimore. And it surely wasn't the economic standing of a district where the median income is actually above the national average, the board wrote. Better to have some bourbon living in your neighborhood than to be one. So Trump is a rat, right? The idea is that Trump is a rat and there are no rats in Baltimore, just like in American Tale. There are no rats in America, no cats in America. In any case, the, here's the reality. There are some nice areas of Baltimore and there are a lot of places that are not so nice. And every single human being with a functioning prefrontal cortex and at least one functional retina understands this. Everyone. So let's start from the beginning. What launched this whole thing? What launched this from President Trump? Kimberly Clasick, reporter from Baltimore, appearing on Fox Business at six on Fox and Friends at 6.15 a.m. Eastern Time to talk about Baltimore and talk about rodent infestations. We'll play you exactly what led off this entire tirade in just one second. And then we'll go back into the history of Baltimore, like a year and what people were saying about Baltimore before Trump. Here's the rule. Trump says something, it becomes automatically wrong. But what if, let me just put this out there. What if what he said is obviously true? He's just a boor. What if that's the case? I mean, I know, mind blown. But what if that's the actual reality? You know, get to that in just one second. First, you know, I've always wanted to know more about my genetic background because I'm always looking for more information on myself, more information on my health, more information how I can live a better life. And having more information, more data is one of the ways that I can improve my behavior going forward. Well, with 23andMe's Health and Ancestry Service, you can learn how your genes can affect your health. It's a lot to take in, but once you know more, you can take action now to stay healthy. Better to know than not to know. There's a whole world of genes just waiting to meet you in 125 plus personalized genetic reports on your health, traits, and more. The right personal health plan starts with the right data. Your health reports can give you insights about your DNA, so you can build a health plan that is, that is as unique to you as you are. So one of the things that's really cool is that it tells you, for example, how you react to caffeine. So I'm somebody 
who thought that I had to take more caffeine than I did in order to keep myself kind of up for the show, for example. I'd have more coffee than necessary. Well, after I took the 23andMe Ancestry report, it said, well, that's not how you react to caffeine. I've been drinking less caffeine. It's the same. That's great to know because it means I'm not having to take as much. You can understand your genetic predispositions to health conditions like type 2 diabetes or inherited high cholesterol. All these can help change your behavior. 23andMe reports do not diagnose disease or describe overall likelihood of developing any disease. 23andMe tests select genetic variants only. Visit 23andMe.com slash Shapiro for important test information. Order your health and ancestry kit at 23andMe.com slash Shapiro. You can meet your genes in 125 plus personalized genetic reports. That's the number 23andMe.com slash Shapiro slash Shapiro. And by the way, you can also find out if you're more Native American than Elizabeth Warren. I'm apparently the only person in America who is not. Go to 23andMe.com slash Shapiro, 23andMe.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so what led this whole thing off? Kimberly Klasik appears 6.15 a.m. Eastern time, and the president doesn't like sleeping, apparently, which is wonderful. And she starts talking about Baltimore. This is what led all of this off. So what did you find was going on in uh, Cummings District? You know, there is a crisis at the border, but there's also a crisis in Baltimore. And I don't think many people realize this, but Congressman Cummings it represents the most dangerous district in America. There's abandoned row homes filled with trash, um, homeless addicts, uh, empty needles that they have used. And it's really right next door. So it's attracting rodents, uh, cockroaches, you name it. Uh, but, you know, to have Congressman Cummings talk about the situation at the border is just it's laughable because the conditions in his own district, and a lot of people said he hasn't even been there in a while, are atrocious. And, and not to mention, those that live there, I didn't find anyone that said they were afraid. Okay, so uh, so that was the segment that let all this off. Okay, then Kimberly Klasik tweeted out a bunch of these videos. And so she tweeted out a picture of the trash. She said, more trash, more concerned residents. People live in the home with the silver van. This is Representative Cummings' district. This has nothing to do with race. Let us all pray the city removes the trash and installs cameras to catch the individuals dumping on the property. And then she tweeted more about this. And then she, she tweeted out a video in which she showed the squalor that a lot of folks are living in, in Baltimore, and over and over and over. Again, everybody knows this. Everybody understands that Baltimore, specifically many areas of Baltimore, are not places that you want to live. They're residents of Baltimore who are angry at Cummings, who are angry at the government for not doing what they are supposed to do. Are we supposed to blind ourselves? So there, are we supposed to pretend that Baltimore is wonderful, that it's, a, that it's a great place to live for the bulk of residents who live there? Is that just something we're supposed to go along with? Again, you can go along with the median average income routine, but you are including in that routine all the people who get paid to teach at Johns Hopkins. Median does not actually describe the conditions of people who are living at the lower end. The same people who are declaring that America is bifurcated between rich and poor are ignoring exactly that happening in the city of Baltimore, where democratic governance has been responsible for decay and collapse for decades on end. There are certain areas that are sponsored by the government, like the harbor, that have been beneficiaries of government largesse. But a lot of the folks who are living there have not benefited from that largesse. I'm not the only one pointing this out. 2018, then the mayor, Catherine Pugh, on Fox 5. She was ripping the, wait for it, rat infestation in Baltimore, talking about how she can smell the rats in Baltimore. Catherine Pugh is black. Okay, so this is not a race thing. Baltimore has problems, obviously. Now, again, does this mean that this is what Trump really wants to talk about? That Trump has a plan for the inner cities or something like that? Not true. But And this is why I think people lose their minds over it. But it is also true that just because Trump said it doesn't make it wrong or racist. It doesn't make it afactual or anti-factual or racist. Here's Catherine Pugh, the mayor of Baltimore at the time. About a year ago, city leaders identified some of the city's most violent neighborhoods. What the hell? 
We should just take all this down. To target. Ooh, you can smell the rats. Under Baltimore's Violence Reduction Initiative. Ooh, Jesus. Just last week, we went with Mayor Pugh as she toured an East Baltimore neighborhood. This is a new one. I've been out here 54 years. This is a new one. Baltimore's Violence Reduction Initiative is about taking steps to rid communities of the cornerstones that contribute to crime. Oh, my God. You can smell the dead animals. Blocks of dilapidated buildings help to hide the addiction that's crippled this community. Okay, so again, <laughs> what are we talking about? You've got people coming out of the woodwork. We are Baltimore. Really, do you live there? Like in these areas, do you live there? Is that what you do? When you say we are Baltimore, where is it? Your solidarity can't just be we love Baltimore and Trump doesn't love Baltimore. That's not what he's saying. He's saying Baltimore deserves better. Now, he may not have a plan for that. He may be lashing out. That doesn't change the underlying fact of what he is saying. It is true. Okay, Fox, foxbaltimore.com. May 17th, 2017, quote, a Project Baltimore investigation has found five Baltimore City high schools and one middle school do not have a single student proficient in the state-tested subjects of math and English, not one. We sat down with a teen who attends one of these schools and has overcome incredible challenges to find success. Navon Warren grew up in West Baltimore. He was three months old when his father was shot to death. Before his 18th birthday, he would lose two uncles and a classmate all gunned down on the streets of Baltimore. By the way, that is not particularly rare. Okay, this is from the Baltimore Sun, circa April 2018. Quote, what's causing Baltimore's population loss? It's no mystery. The city's scary record of 343 homicides in 2017 affirms the city's well-known reputation as a dangerous place to live. Even if 2018 has fewer homicides, it doesn't take a fortune teller to predict that this year's homicide rate will still be high. Until the city substantially reduces its homicide and other crime rates, People will continue to view the city as dangerous and be reluctant to stay or move here. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. The Baltimore Sun is saying that people will be reluctant to stay or move here like no human being would want to live here. Is that what they're saying? Is that what they're saying? The city's outrageous property tax of $2.24 per $100 of a property's assessed value is more than double its surrounding jurisdictions, Baltimore County and Arendelle. The city's burdensome property tax on homeowners explains why the city has more renters than homeowners. The city's high income tax is 3.2%, the maximum allowed by law. The city's tax message is clear. Move here and pay higher taxes. People have figured out how to avoid the city's taxes and still enjoy the city. They live in surrounding counties and take reasonably priced ride-sharing services into the city. The city's public school system is a disaster. Again, this is the Baltimore Sun last year. Last year. Get to more of this in just one second. First... Nowadays, there are a lot of different types of cars on the road. There's no way that the local auto parts store can carry everything that you need. So why wait in line to find the right part that's probably overpriced when you can do it all with the convenience of Rock Auto? RockAuto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com. Shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog, it's unique, it's easy to investigate and navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and then you can choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you're looking for. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much money for the same parts? They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car is going to need, rockauto.com. Com. Head on over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Don't waste time or money. And then write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we say that helps us. It also helps them. Rockauto.com. Go check them out right now if you're looking for a part for your car. All right, we're going to get into more of this. Again, not everything that Trump says is racist. And just because Trump said it doesn't make it racist. 
obviously. We'll get to more of that, more on the illustrious recent history of Baltimore, which apparently is a wonderful, thriving area, specifically because Trump said it isn't. I mean, the, the Trump is like, he. I swear, he treats the media and the Democrats the same way that I sometimes treat my son when he won't eat. And when my son won't eat, I'll say, don't eat my, don't eat my food. Don't do it. Don't eat my food. And then, of course, he eats the food. Trump's like, Baltimore, bad place, bad, badly governed place. And Democrats are like, it's the best. It's the best place. It's like, no, no, it isn't. I'm sorry. It's not. <laughs> like, we can come up with solutions. We can try and work this out. But it's not. We have to start from fact. Hey, first, you need to go over to dailywire.com and subscribe. $9.99 a month, 99 bucks a year. The real reason you should subscribe, aside from getting all the goodies, the additional two hours of me every single day, the ability to be in the mailbag, all sorts of wonders. You got our Sunday special on Saturday. The real reason is because there are folks on the left who spend every single day. I know, it's the, it's ridiculous. They spend every single day listening to every moment of the show, trying to clip it out of context and then go after our advertisers, trying to go after places that we are platformed, trying to get rid of us because this is what members of the censorious left do. The way you protect that, the way that you prevent that from happening, ensuring that we can continue to bring us bring you the content that you want is you subscribe and you become part of the team. It's something that I really appreciate on a personal level. I know everybody at the company appreciates it. You want to make sure our producers keep getting paid? That's the way to do it. You go over to dailywire.com and subscribe right now for 99 bucks a year. You get this, the very greatest in beverage vessels, the leftist tears, hot or cold tumbler replenishing daily. Go check it out right now. We are the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So again, the, the, the reaction of the media has been President Trump can't attack Baltimore. That's racist. He can't say that Baltimore is a bad place to live. That's racist. He can't say that certain parts of the city are rat infested and they've got it's been a horribly governed city. That's racist. Really? Because until five minutes ago, everybody agreed about this. David Plache, Platcher Plache, writing for the Baltimore Sun, as you say, wrote a piece in April 2018 called What's Causing Baltimore's Population Loss? Baltimore's population reached a near 100 year low last year. They say, well, that would be the high property taxes, the fact that there's extraordinary levels of crime in the city. Quote, the city's public school system is a disaster. If anyone thinks a family would move to the city or stay in the city because of its public school system, they have another think coming. The city's public school enrollment is on the decline. The city's aged infrastructure is terrible. The city's random water main breaks, spontaneous sinkholes, desperately needed road work means the cash-strapped city faces many repairs. With costs lurking to fix its dilapidated infrastructure, the money to fund these repairs will either be taken from other services or city residents will have to pay higher taxes. The mayor and large -time, largely part-time city council are fiscally irresponsible. They accepted a raise in December. The mayor gets paid 180 grand a year. The city council president, 120 grand a year. The city council VP, 77 grand a year. And 13 others, 69 grand a year. Plus, all have benefits and all have paid support staff. And they passed a law that entitles elected officials to receive an automatic 2.5% raise if the city budget provides money for union employee raises. Baltimore's elections do not change the direction of the city. In the 2016 city general election, the mayor and council members all promised change, but the city is in the same or worse shape since the election. And the, this isn't me writing this, okay? This is a writer from Baltimore Outland named David Platcher last year in the Baltimore Sun. Here also, Baltimore Sun, September 25th, 2018, Luke Broadwater and Ian Duncan, quote, neighborhoods are crying out. Baltimore has highest homicide rate of U.S. big cities. Baltimore had the worst homicide rate among the nation's 50 largest cities last year, the second highest violent crime rate overall, according to new data from the FBI. This is the place that is being called utopia today because President Trump said it's a bad place to live. 
The grim news was the latest reminder of the sustained cycle of violence that has gripped the city since 2015, when the annual number of homicides soared above 300 for three consecutive years after the unrest that followed Freddie Gray's death from injuries suffered in police custody. In just last year, PBS aired an, an actual documentary. It was called Rat Film about Baltimore, talking about how the city was infested by rats. The Baltimore Sun reported, quote, Rat Film, a documentary that takes the decades-long fight waged against Baltimore's rat population and uses it as a lens through which to look at how the city has addressed myriad social issues over the decades, airs tonight on PBS. Again, it was called Rat Film. But if President says it's rat-infested, then he means black people, according to the left. In 2016, the Baltimore Sun ran an op-ed the day after President Trump was declared the winner of the 2016 election, talking about how Baltimore should be declared a disaster and rebuilt from the ground up. And yet now we are supposed to believe, obviously, that Baltimore is a wonderful city because President Trump has declared it not so. Because President Trump declared that Baltimore is, in fact, a bad place to live and reasonable people don't want to live there. Because of that, Baltimore is now great. Okay, Baltimore has been horribly governed for years. We all remember the Freddie Gray riots in 2015. We all remember this. Baltimore burned. And that was mainly black folks burning down areas in which lots of black folks lived. There was a black city council, a black police chief, a majority black police force, and, and a black mayor. And everybody was talking about white privilege. It was ridiculous. It's a horribly governed city. How horribly governed is the city? It's so horribly governed that in the middle of those riots, over the death of Freddie Gray, who allegedly was, was picked up by the police on some crime after he tried to run and then put in the back of the van, and then he wasn't properly handcuffed, and so he was like jostled in the back of the van. There were accusations that the police killed him. Those accusations were never proved. Instead, what it seems is that he sort of fell over and he broke his neck. It's a tragic, terrible story. Riots ensued because supposedly the police are viciously and brutally racist, despite the fact that, again, the police force, the police chief was black, and the majority of the city's police force is black. And despite that, the mayor of Baltimore at the time, Stephanie Rawlings Blake, held a press conference in which she specifically suggested that she was going to give rioters room to riot. And you, you're going to tell me this is a well-governed city? I made it very clear that I uh, worked with the police and instructed them to do everything that they could to make sure that the protesters were able to exercise their uh, right to free speech. Uh, it's a very delicate balancing act because while we uh, tried to make sure that they were protected from the cars and the other you know, things that were going on, um, we also gave those who wished to destroy space to do that as well. And we uh, worked very hard to, uh, to keep that balance and, and to put ourselves in the best position to de-escalate. And okay, Trump doesn't said. have solutions, and Trump didn't provide solutions, and Trump isn't talking about solutions. But his diagnosis of the problem is not incorrect, obviously. You had the mayor of the city talking about letting rioters riot. Okay, she's the mayor. It's a horribly governed city. It's been horribly governed for decades. Again, HBO had a very long-running show called The Wire. Many consider it the best show in TV history, specifically about the corruption and inability of anybody to do anything about how horrible Baltimore is. It's a bad place to live. Everyone knows this. Just because Trump said it doesn't make it untrue. You know who used to say this openly? You know, in fact, there is a person in the media, obviously a vicious racist, obviously a terrible vicious racist, who used to ask Elijah Cummings directly whether this was a Democratic failure and whether Democrats had failed to govern this place properly. After all, this is Cummings' district. Now, 
I've been told that if you say that Elijah Cummings has done a bad job for Baltimore, this means you're a racist. So Chris Cuomo, come on down. This is Chris Cuomo circa 2015. Maybe people forgot about this, but here's Chris Cuomo saying it. Baltimore has been run by Democrats and recently African-American Democrats for a really long time. It's not really about Republicans. I mean, the Democrats, you've had your people in there. Congressman Cummings, I mean, you, you know, you guys are as responsible for what has and hasn't been done as anybody else. Isn't that fair? Chris, come on, Chris. You know, it's not about personalities. It's about policy. And you know and I know that a lot of the policies coming down from Washington, coming down from the state, actually, too, uh, but coming from Washington uh, are not necessarily kind uh, to urban areas, particularly here lately. Okay, so it's, it's obviously because of the, the urban problems coming down from the federal government at the time, led by Barack Obama right? and his attorney general, who at the time was, uh, was uh, what's, what's her face? Not, not, uh, not Eric Holder, who is the, who's the Loretta Lynch, thank you. Uh, you know, the, again, this is apparently Chris Cuomo, racist. Go back to 2015. How dare he question Elijah Cummings on his own governance? Unbelievable. Okay, now, how about President Trump's infested language? So we heard, as we say earlier, that President Trump used the language of infested. And I pointed out that whenever he says infested, he is talking about crime infested. There is always some sort of noun that precedes infested, right? Rat infested, crime infested, drug infested. And I've said that he doesn't only say this about black areas. Am I wrong or am I? Well, it turns out, as per our usual arrangement, I am correct. Okay, Liam Stack, writing for the New York Times, August 3rd, 2017. New Hampshire politicians criticized President Trump after a transcript of a phone call with the president of Mexico published on Thursday showed he called the state a, quote, drug-infested den. Now, there, is, there are very few whiter states in America than New Hampshire. New Hampshire is incredibly white. The remark came during his comments on the drug trade, criminal gangs, and how he said they affected the state, according to a transcript of the January 27th call published by the Washington Post. The drug lords in Mexico are knocking the hell out of our country. Trump told President Enrique Peña Nieto of Mexico, quote, they're sending drugs to Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York. Up in New Hampshire, I won New Hampshire because New Hampshire is a drug-infested den is coming from the southern border. This, of course, led a lot of people to criticize him, but not call him racist, right? Governor Chris Sununo, who is a Republican, said the president is wrong, is disappointing his mischaracterization of this epidemic, ignores the great things this state has to offer. The New Hampshire Democratic Party tweeted out a picture of, of one area of New Hampshire that's very pretty, said, how about this, Donald Trump? Does this seem like a drug-infested den? But I guess it's racist. When he, I've been told he only says infested about black and brown people, not about, you know, the whitest area in the United States, New Hampshire. So obviously that is untrue. All of this is very cynical. Now, Trump makes his own bed to a certain extent, not being called racist. Being called racist, that's just something Democrats do with everyone. They did it with Mitt Romney. They did it with John McCain. They did it with George W. Bush. They do it with everyone. Everyone on the right is called a racist, which is why so many people on the right are very hesitant to go along with the left's definition of racism because the left's definition of racism is basically, I disagree with you. But in this particular case, he didn't say anything racist. In this particular case, he did not say anything racist. And people on the left are jumping on, this is racist because this is part of the broader overarching narrative that Trump is a racist and the Republican Party is a racist. And if you vote for Trump, then you're a racist. They tried this in 2016. It didn't win them Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, or Wisconsin. So we'll see how it works out again. It's a bold move, Cotton, continuing to suggest that everyone who is thinking about voting for Trump is inherently a racist and that everything Trump says is racist. It's so funny. All Democrats had to do was not be crazy. That's all they had to do. And, and again, I say Elijah Cummings' response to Trump was the correct response. 
If you're a sane, rational Democrat, Cummings' response is the right one. But that's not what they're doing. Instead, they're sending Al Sharpton, who's an actual racist, okay, Al Sharpton, who actually hates Jews, a person who has called Jews diamond merchants and suggested in the middle of a, of a racial fray that if you wanted to fight him, you pin back your yarmulke and come on over to his house. A person who was involved with the 1991 Crown Heights riots that ended with the murder of an Orthodox Jew named Yankel Rosenbaum. Al Sharpton is now being deployed to Baltimore, where hasn't he done a lot of good in Baltimore, Al Sharpton? Hasn't he done a lot of good for the United States, that racial con artist, Al Sharpton? For Donald Trump, by the way, ripping into Al Sharpton, this is well-deserved. He says, I must have known, I have known Al for 25 years, went to fights with him and Don King, always got along well. Again, first of all, why are you, yes, this was a bad move by you. Al Sharpton was always a bag of junk. Now, Al Sharpton was the person who was pushing the Tawana Browley hoax. Trump says he loved Trump. He would ask me for favors often. Al is a con man, a troublemaker, always looking for a score. He only surrounds himself with the best people, does the president. He says, just doing his thing. Must have intimidated Comcast NBC. Hates whites and cops. Al Sharpton is indeed a bag of, of junk. He's a bad human being. He's a very, very bad man. Seth Mandel has a piece about Al Sharpton in the Washington Examiner talking about the long history of Al Sharpton. Just, uh, he, he has been responsible for for an enormous amount of suffering, Al Sharpton, ranging from the Tawana Bradley hoax all the way through the, the Crown Heights riots of 1991 to the, to the Freddy's Fashion Mart burning of 1997, 1998. All, all of this is really ugly stuff. And it's worth noting that Sharpton's return to respectability was pushed by none other than Barack Obama, who really tried to bring him in-house. And Barack Obama, by the way, is sounding off on all this too, as though pre- President Obama was not divisive on racial matters. President of, uh, the first, the first major statement on race he made as president of the United States was to declare that the Cambridge police acted stupidly in arresting Henry Louis Gates, a Harvard professor who was standing outside his house without his keys, trying to bang and get in, wouldn't show them ID and screaming. And Barack Obama tweeted out, I've always been proud of what this team accomplished during my administration. He's talking about some 145 black members of his administration who wrote an op-ed over the weekend talking about how Trump is mean and cruel. He says, I've always been proud of what this team accomplished during my administration, but more than what we did. I'm proud of how they're continuing to fight for an America that's better. Barack Obama was a racially polarizing president. He was, particularly in his second term. This is true from ever, in everything from Trayvon Martin, who could have been his son, to the Baltimore riots, to the Ferguson riots. Barack Obama was a divisive racial president. So now he is injecting himself back in. Man, if you think 2019 is ugly, wait until we hit 2020. We are a year and a half away from this election, guys. If things are this hot and we're a year and a half away from the election... Man, are things going to get ugly by the time we actually hit that election. But again, you know, it's funny. The, the left is declaring that this is all part of Trump's race-baiting strategy. There's a piece today by a New York Times columnist named Kevin Cruz, a professor of history at Princeton, who's very good at doing bad history, talking about how President Trump is just like George Wallace of Alabama. You know, except for the whole President Trump doesn't stand in the doorways of schools and declare segregation forever. He's exactly the same, except for the fact that Trump doesn't sick hoses on black people and dogs on black people, exactly the same as George Wallace. But this is, this is where we're going. This is where we are going. And it's going to get ugly. Don't believe everything you read in the media. Again, just because Trump said it doesn't make it untrue, doesn't make it racist. You might not like Trump. You might think that he's a liar. You might think he's a racist. That does not mean that when he says that Baltimore is a bad place to live, he is wrong. He is not. And when you declare everything racist, it makes most Americans think that your definition of racism is itself overbroad and makes people less likely to listen to you. Alrighty, time for a quick thing that I like and then a thing I hate. Okay, thing that I like today, Kevin Williamson has a new book. So Kevin Williamson, you'll recall, was hired by The Atlantic. He was a National Review columnist, op-ed guy. 
really terrific writer. So Kevin is, I think it's fair to say, one of the world's great misanthropes. Uh, he hates humans. I have yet to meet a human that Kevin actually likes. Um, but he is also a terrific writer, maybe maybe the best American writer on the right. He's, he's just, his command of language is fantastic. It's colorful. It's creative. Well, he was hired by The Atlantic because he is all of these things. And then within like three days, Jeffrey Goldberg, who's a spineless, pathetic, pusillanimous wimp, and was before he hired Kevin Williamson. He fired Kevin Williamson at the behest of some of the people in his company who said, how could we hire Kevin Williamson? He's too pro-life. He's scary to me. He's scary and he's bald. He's scary. And so he was fired. Well, now Kevin has a new book out. It's called The Smallest Minority, Independent Thinking in the Age of Mob Politics. Basically, he craps on everyone, which makes it fairly amusing. Uh, it, he, he, has some fair, he has some pretty interesting and deep takes on what exactly has happened how folks have caved to a sort of corporate mentality in the private sector, something that folks on the right don't think about enough. And at the same time, how government has become sort of the be-all, end-all of American life, how the individual has been left behind in the quest for group solidarity, and how this is not going to lead to anything good. A lot about social media here, a lot about Twitter. The book is called The Smallest Minority, Independent Thinking in the Age of Mob Politics. Beware of the F word. There's a lot of it. But it's really colorful writing. It's it's in. It's a quick read, if not necessarily an easy read. There's a, there's a lot there. Uh, and Kevin, again, has yet to meet a person he will not drop a bomb on. And so there's a lot of that. The book is The Smallest Minority, Independent Thinking in the Age of Mob Politics. It's a target-rich environment. Kevin has a lot of them. Go check it out, The Smallest Minority. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Okay, first quick thing I hate. Remember when we learned just a few minutes ago, they're not allowed to say infested because if you say that Baltimore is infested, that means you're talking about black and brown people, allegedly. Well, what about this article from the Washington Post today? Kushner owns lots of Baltimore area apartments. Some are infested with mice. So I guess the rule is you can talk about infestations in Baltimore so long as Jared Kushner's company owns apartment complexes that have mice in them. But you can't talk about the generalized infestation problem in Baltimore, which, by the way, was declared a top 10 city for rat infestation by Orkin this year. Congratulations. Prize is on its way. So uh, infestation, you can talk about it when it's Kushner. Good job, guys. Meanwhile, the, the Rashida Tlaib continues to be one of the leading lights in the U.S. House of Representatives. She is supposed to be one of our great leaders. She was on CNN with Jake Tapper on Sunday. And Jake, in a very soft way, basically exposed her for what she is, which is a radical anti-Semite. So she was talking about Israel, and she suggested a couple of things. This, this, the, the second clip of Tlaib is the one that, that I care about most here. Rashida Tlaib is asked about the very oft-made charge that folks who push boycott, divestment, and sanctions from Israel don't care about human rights violations going on in other parts of the world because specifically they don't like Jews. And so Tlaib is asked about this. Tapper says, okay, so you talk about boycotting Israel because of human rights violations. Why not Egypt? Why not Pakistan? Listen to her pathetically weak answer. We all know under Netanyahu's regime, human rights violations have gotten worse. And we need to be why able not, to Why use... not boycott Egypt? They have, oh, they have I would rights. boycott Egypt, of course. But you keep I'm saying very you would, critical. You would boycott oh, Saudi Arabia, you. you would boycott Egypt, but you're but not. But right now, there is not a bill or resolution on the floor that is saying stop boycotting Egypt. But you could. But of, of course. And I would absolutely oppose any sort of oppression, of freedom of speech, of First Amendment right in this country. It's a slippery slope, Jake. She opposes sanctions on Iran. She opposes sanctions on Venezuela. She's a damn liar and everybody knows it. And this is about the Jews. She, Tapper says you could lead this thing. Yeah, she, no, but there's no movement, there, which begs the question, why aren't you starting the movement since you are in favor of the movement to boycott Israel? 
Of course she's a liar. Everybody knows that she's a liar. But we're all going to pretend that bigotry only exists on one side of the aisle. And we're going to pretend that stuff that isn't bigotry is bigotry so that we can make that claim. All right, we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. Otherwise, we'll see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. Production assistant, Nick Sheehan. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. If you want to delve the depths of leftist madness, head on over to The Michael Knowles Show, where we examine what's really going on beneath the surface of our politics and bask in the simple joys of being right. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.